Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I hate to start the show by talking about such a uh, downbeat story and something that's such a depressing situation, especially as a parent, but you probably have seen the story by now of these three teenagers killed in this horrific Staten Island car crash on Sunday. And this has a lot of um, resonance with me because this is the neighborhood that I grew up in. It's the neighborhood my parents live in. But apparently what happened is these three teenagers were uh, driving a Ford Mustang. We don't know the exact details, but apparently they were traveling at an unsafe speed before they collided with another vehicle and a tree launching two of the passengers into the air. That's what the police have said. And my heart just goes out to the families of these folks that have lost a 16-year-old and two 15-year-olds. I mean, it's just the saddest thing in the world. And um, the driver of the other vehicle uh, is also hospitalized and I'm wishing everybody that was involved in the accident my best. So why are we talking about this? We usually don't make a habit of talking about traffic accidents. Well, unfortunately, the Department of Transportation Commissioner, Idanis Rodriguez, came to Staten Island a day or two ago, and he did something which I find just absolutely amazing. He had a press conference. Okay. Then he announced that the DOT would be installing bike lanes and turning lanes over a half mile away, a proposal that faced a great deal of controversy and was strongly opposed by the community board and all the local elected officials. By the way, the chairman of the community board out there is named Frank Morano. People have been asking me all day, uh, all day long if that was me. That is not me. No relation. It was uh, steadfastly opposed by the residents in the community. And he's also proposing more speed camera usage, despite the fact that the stretch of road where the accident occurred already has bike lanes, it already has turning lanes, and a speed camera is a few hundred feet away. Uh, This is an absolutely shameless exploitation of a tragedy. And to have a city official use a tragedy to push through an unpopular agenda that he had long sought to push through is absolutely shameful. Commissioner Rodriguez ought to be ashamed of himself. And Mayor Adams ought to speak out about this and give Commissioner Rodriguez a stern talking to. This is the most tone-deaf thing I've seen in decades of observing city government. It's a real tragedy. And the fact that politicians and city bureaucrats would look to exploit it like this is doubly tragic. I'm Frank Morano. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. 
This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. I mentioned that uh, my friend Brian Goldstein was uh, hanging out with us here in studio today. One of the things Brian and I have always enjoyed doing for literally decades since we were young teenagers is playing ping pong. I'm still a fan of ping pong. And yet, leave it to my colleague, Curtis Lewa, who does a, a fine job every day at noon, uh, right after uh, Brian Kilmeade and uh, Bill O'Reilly. Leave it to him to somehow demonize my mission to get a ping pong table here at the radio station. And this is very impressive. I didn't think I would ever be able to see Curtis do this. He somehow was able to tie in my fondness for ping pong, my uh, level of enthusiasm for being a good workplace citizen, and uh, someone who may or may not be a member of organized crime that I happen to be friendly with. Listen to this. This took place at noon. Tommy Schatzgioli was brought in front of a judge at Eastern District Federal Court earlier today. He had won $250,000 from us to sucker taxpayers in a slip and fall lawsuit over a ping pong injury. He was playing ping pong, right? In the rec room? He slipped and fell. We got to pay him $250,000. And the judge says, no, 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 no. You may have won 250000 but Tommy Shanschioli, you got to pay restitution to your many victims, some of whom you murdered or ordered their murders. And so he's going to be out of pocket and probably going to be moaning and groaning and crying. And by the way, beware, Lou. Frank Morano keeps uh, advocating to management here that we have a ping pong table put in our rec room here at WABC. You notice the linkage? Can you believe that? Tommy Gioli is actually having a a very tough time, uh, as I understand it. He has release date in November, but he's supposed to be in a halfway house uh, for six months before he's released. Now, by those calculations, he should have been out two months ago, and now they're trying to put him on a plane and move him. He hasn't seen a doctor at all after his heart attack on May 24th and all of that, and he's very worried about getting on an airplane. He never even got his medical records from the hospital. I find this absolutely outrageous. It's one thing to have Curtis make fun of you on the radio or make fun of Tommy Schatz, but if the government treated anybody except people that are accused of being members of La Cosa Nostra like this, there would be an outrage. Could you imagine if they did this to an accused terrorist or an accused BLM leader? There would be riots in the streets over this. And yet we just shrug our shoulders and uh, listen to Curtis uh, make up things about, uh, about killing a nun, which, of course, never happened. We'll continue in just a minute. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. As I mentioned, last weekend we were in Atlantic City, took Carmine for his very first trip. He was a big hit out there. They loved him at the boardwalk. They loved him at the Hard Rock. And I did not come back a loser, which is a very important thing. But while I was out there, we may get into this a little bit more tomorrow when we do the AC report. But while I was out there, I met with some of the local elected officials out there, and I learned something very interesting. Evidently, they have just put uh, they've just agreed to a referendum to put on the ballot where the voters of Atlantic City are going to get an opportunity to do away with parties. Imagine that. 
You go to vote, and instead of seeing Republican Frank Morano, Democrat Brian Goldstein, you just see Frank Morano and Brian Goldstein. Wouldn't that be refreshing? People don't stigmatize you for being a Republican in a Democratic city or a Democrat in a Republican city. You run based on your ideas, your ideas, your background, your experiences, your vision for the community. Now, it was Fiorello LaGuardia, the former mayor of New York City, that said uh, decades ago that there's no Republican or Democratic way to clean a street. When it comes to municipal governance, I couldn't agree more. I am big time in favor of this referendum. Then another interesting thing happened. As we were driving home, we had to get some gasoline, and we end up in the town of Holmdale. And I don't know much about Holmdale. I don't think I know anybody that lives there. I think we get callers from Holmdale once in a while. But from what I can tell, they're having an upcoming special election in a few weeks where the same question is on the ballot. Should they be switching from uh, the current system they have to nonpartisan elections? I have to tell you, whether it's Holmdale, whether it's Atlantic City, whether it's New York City or anything else, I am a big, big believer in nonpartisan elections because for the same reason Fiorello LaGuardia was. There really is no Democrat or Republican way to clean the street. Delivering municipal, delivering municipal services should be about putting out fires, cleaning up trash, arresting bad guys, and uh, improving the city as a whole. It shouldn't be about waging ideological warfare. It makes me laugh when I see very well-qualified people running for office in New York or Atlantic City who have no chance of ever getting elected because they happen to be Republican. Why should their views on uh, marginal tax rates or the death penalty or the war in Ukraine have anything to do with their prospects of getting elected? The reality is uh, they have no chance of getting elected in a Democratic city if they have that Republican label. And the same thing goes if you're a Democrat running in a Republican community. So whether it's Atlantic City, Homedale, or any other municipality in America, count me as a yes vote for nonpartisan elections anywhere and everywhere. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. You remember that scene in Forrest Gump? There's a lot of very funny scenes in Forrest Gump where Forrest is running all across the country and he wipes his face on a, on a shirt. His face happens to be muddy and he hands it to back to the person that gave him the shirt and the person gets the idea for the smiley face. Well, shockingly, that's not actually how the smiley face was invented. Nearly 50 years ago, one man invented the modern smiley face. And then another man halfway across the world made it into a multi-million dollar cash cow. And as we stand here now or sit here or lie down here, however you happen to be listening to us, the smiley face business is worth about $500 million. So the smiley company office in London is a wonder to behold. They have smiley paintings on the walls, smiley push pillows adorning the couches, smiley backpacks, t-shirts, you get the picture. In 1963, a Massachusetts-based freelance artist named Harvey Ball received a life-changing call from a local client. State Mutual Life Insurance Company had just merged with an out-of-town competitor and employee morale was waning. They needed some kind of quirky and fun design to lift spirits around the office. It took this fella 10 minutes to produce his famous solution, a bright yellow circle with black oval eyes 
and a creased smile. For his work, he was paid the princely one-time fee of $45. That is worth that is about $376 in modern modern accounts. This is the first instance of a smiley face. It wasn't, of course, the first. There were crude versions of the smiley face going back 4,000 years, but Ball's version of it struck a chord and it ushered the smiley face into mainstream American culture. But he didn't make millions. Someone else did. Halfway across the world in Paris, France, a young journalist named Franklin Lufrani, it's always a Frank, isn't it? Had his own stroke of invention. Lufrani had foregone college and joined his first newspaper at 19 with very little formal training. But according to those who knew him, he was an entrepreneurial spirit, a marketing guy who was always coming up with stuff. So in 1971, while working for a newspaper, he became fed up with the constant stream of negative news and decided to design a symbol that would alert readers of positive stories. His creation, a smiling yellow face, bore a pretty strong resemblance to Mr. Ball's. But unlike Ball, he foresaw the symbol's marketing potential and immediately secured a trademark. And now you know the rest of the story.